All right, welcome to the 2022 War Media World Cup Special. I am Saul Rodriguez. I am joined by longtime contributor for War Media, Jason Kessner, and freelance photographer, Muzz Quadri, who has also began uh, contributing to War Media in the last year. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'll start with Jason. How are you doing? Doing good. Yeah, it's nice. It's a little warmer out. You can actually enjoy life. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. True. How you doing, Muzz? I'm doing good. Uh, good to be on, and uh, yeah, I'm a It'll be cool to discuss the World Cup. So, yeah, it was a nice day, like uh, Jason said. So, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, last week it was, it was just dreadful. I mean, like, especially over the weekend with like the, you know, snow and the wind. It's just disgusting. And I was in Chicago too so, for a while. So, just that wind is just like lethal. Like, I mean, it's the definition of like why some people want to leave here. It's just like, my, my God. But uh, going to a warmer, you know, warmer climate. I mean, and Muzz, you were there. So I kind of wanted to kind of get your uh, your uh, thoughts on just Qatar in general, um, yeah. of like the experience and all that, because, you know, I saw some of your stuff like for on your Instagram or whatever, but it was it was it's pretty badass. Like, well, like, tell us a little bit about that and like your experience. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so, yeah, so I was in uh, Qatar like the second week of the group stage. Um, I planned it kind of last minute. Uh, it was it was awesome, to say the least. I know there's a lot that came out before, during, and after, you know, various various things, right? Whether it was like how the stadiums got built, you know, the workers' conditions and, and a lot of the mm. kind of like social rights that people have there or don't or actually don't have or whatnot. Um, I would say the actual experience of being at the World Cup was one great, first of all. So like it, it was like we got, I kind of planned a last minute, um, but it all worked out, you know, got a flight there uh, and, you know, somehow managed to avoid staying in those, you know, <laughs> I know people saw like, you know, people are staying in these like huts and tents and oh, yeah. bells for everybody. And, mm. uh, you know, it's like a fire festival, world cup edition. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it wasn't that I know, I knew people who stayed in like those uh, and they said it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't the greatest, but they said it was okay. Um, I managed to snag like a last minute, um, it wasn't a hotel, but yeah, you could call it like a hotel. Uh, it was kind of like 30 minutes away from like the city center. Um, and, uh, basically got tickets to six different games. I was there for six days, went to one game every day. Um, wow. the whole country was like a, well, one's very small, but the whole country was like a, uh, soccer, like Disneyland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were, you know, signs, uh, exhibitions performances just everything relating to the world cup almost all times of day throughout the whole city the whole country of doha and qatar uh yeah so it's just like very cool to see that being that atmosphere and like once you get there it just it just you really feel it like you know there's people from all over it was heavy uh demographics so i would say from like the you know india pakistan middle east um as well as south america and then i would say like the european I would say fan supporters are probably the least amount that I saw. Um, and getting like, it, it was just really easy, man. Like it was, it was really nice and really easy. Like, so like, you know, we got, we managed to get like one ticket to one game every single day that we were there. And uh, I went to uh, Brazil versus Switzerland, uh, USA versus Iran, uh, France versus Tunisia, um, Spain versus Japan. Uh, Korea versus Portugal, and then uh, the quarterfinal, not quarterfinal, round of 16 knockout, USA versus Netherlands. Oh, and wow. um, it was like, yeah, those are long days. But like, you know, during the day, explored, and um, one of my cousins actually lives there, so I met him up. Um, 
um, out there and we kind of explored during the day and uh, saw different things. And then we go to the game at night because each game that we had at least was that night. Mm-hmm. And um, I know people went to like multiple games during like multiple games a day. Like um, that was like possible, like, you know, previous World Cups, you know, it's just, just wasn't logistically possible to go to multiple games a day. Like since the logistics of the World Cup being such a small area, like the furthest stadium from like the city of Doha and around was like an hour away and they all the, you know, metro and subway system and buses are all free for people who are attending the World Cup. So you could take that and get around very easily. Um, you know, you didn't have to switch out your hotel or where you're staying. Like you could, you know, go to one game and then you could uh, leave the game and people would take a, you know, the bus directly to the next game to a different stadium. And like people would do that. It was like, it was like really cool to see like, just like non- <laughs> nonstop soccer, nonstop atmosphere. Um, I thought it was, you know, a cool place to explore. And people are saying it was kind of like Dubai light. Um, I haven't been to the Middle East before or Dubai or anything like that, but my experiences was like, you know, it's they were building a lot of it. They're prepping for this World Cup, which seemed like it, you know, showed up there. Like everything was like brand new. Um, but the actual atmosphere, like World Cup, was like on my bucket list, bucket list for like a while. People like, you know, you want, my, you might as well wait till twenty twenty six coming here to the US. I'm like, you know, I really want to go. I don't know where I'll be in twenty twenty six. So I made it happen, and you know, it, it worked out well. Like I said, the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. The games were awesome. The people. Um, yeah, uh, I would say, yeah, I'm sure there were problems and I'm sure there probably still will be, um, you know, I'm, and, you know, from my personal anecdotes, everything's on the surface seemed to be nice <laughs> 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 while we were there. Um, and I talked to like a few other people while I was there, up there, other fans, other people, people who were working, whether, whatever it was, and it all was very positive. Maybe they made it that way, but Hey, it, it, it was great. Yeah, and I was going to say that uh, I feel like every World Cup has those issues uh, in a lot of ways, but that's like, I mean, we could get into that, but I feel like that's a whole other podcast, right? Like an investigational podcast. <laughs> but uh, but on the on the positive side, yeah, no, I had a friend from high school that that went and he stayed like almost a whole World Cup, but he, I think he, I don't, I don't think he went to like semifinal. I think he just went to some quarterfinal. Okay. But yeah, he would go, he would go to like a couple games a day and yeah, like, I don't know how he pulled that together, but he definitely, yeah, it was, it was, it, it just looked awesome. And it really it does look like, like a, like a soccer wonderland. And, and, and it is, it's true though. Like it's good that you went to this one. Cause like the way I see it, like in 2026, it'll, it'll be cool. But I think going into a different country and enjoying it is a whole different experience. Like here, we're going to welcome them here. So it's different, right. but that is pretty cool though. And I do uh, kind of want to get uh, your guys' uh, kind of uh, your soccer bios in the sense of like uh, wh- who's your favorite team and who do you support? Uh, I know with with Muzz, I can see the, the U.S. jersey, but any other uh, like international teams or, or club teams that, that you like in particular? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll support the U.S. while it's out there. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's usually by players, right? Because like mm-hmm. everyone's like, whatever, some good players. But I actually support Chelsea. But okay. I don't know, man. Like, you know, I've, I've been supporting them for like a long time since like 2003, 2004. Um, people are like, oh, you just recently supported them, right? A lot of recent success. <laughs> Late, you know, like 2018, 19, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, it's hard to like, I don't know, man. Like, this has become weird to a point where I'm just like, become like a fan of like the game itself. I'm serious yeah. because like, they're not, they're such like a difficult team to support. Like, <laughs> they have they struggle with like i feel like identity and like how they you know mm-hmm. how they're like it just they really struggle with identity like compared to all these other teams like 
we support like that Atletico Madrid or mm. Barcelona or whatever, Man U. They all have like this identity that shelves out there. Chelsea, and after like this long time, I'm like wow, they they're okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, that's that does make a lot of sense. I've been watching them forever, but yeah, that's that's usually my main team. But like these days, like I watch almost like whatever I can. Um, La Liga, Premier League, um, Syria, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like on um, try to watch a little bit MLS here and there because I do shoot for uh, Chicago Fire for like some different blogs. Mm-hmm. So, what about what about you, Jason? So I got the ask there you go, yeah. <laughs> uh, on and the the local supporters club uh, scarf in the background here. Um, it's not just a random FIFA thing for me, like so many people <laughs> I'd bump into, or the fact I, I know a bunch of American uh, Villa fans who were <clears throat> Cleveland Browns fans because Randy Lerner owned both clubs at one point, which is <laughs> one hell of a way to like, yeah, it's yeah. like cursed on both sides, like terrible ownership <laughs> in both regards. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I actually went to high school with Brad Buzan in the South Suburbs. Um, his wife uh, was, I think, a year younger than him, uh, two years ahead of me. I knew her better. So I won't, you know, say her name and, you know, disrupt the privacy, <laughs> whatever. But I, yeah. I still am Facebook friends with her. So I get to see a professional athlete, like behind the scenes, like the travel, the kids photos, the holidays. And, you know, I mean, for however it turned out, like a lot of the Brits who support my, my team went sour on him. He was on a relegation squad, got sold to Middlesbrough. They got relegated, and then he ended mm-hmm. up in Atlanta United. I think in the long run, it's worked out well for everybody, but there is still a little bit of that animosity. Of course, there's the British-American bias when it comes. It's still present uh, in the Premier League, it seems like. You, with Chelsea fan here, would probably uh, be able to speak to that as well with the, <laughs> with the big debates over who should be in the starting 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then what, I, I just got a, a great group of people, a mix of Americans and British expats here. I'm a part of, I'm an active part of the supporters club. Um, I moved to DC for a year in 2018. Talking football was a great way. Again, another world cup. Uh, the I, first world cup I really got into was 2018. I, I vaguely paid attention previously. Um, but yeah, it's a great way to meet people. It's a great conversation started better than any American sport, like going mm-hmm. where I do travel internationally. I have had that luxury. Um, and then uh, right before lockdown, I was able to get to England and I was originally going for a home and away uh, for Villa, but they went the, through the cup and ended up, again, through the supporters club, I was able to get tickets for Wembley. So my first match, I'd seen a friendly here at minute, uh, the summer mm-hmm. before because I didn't know if I'd get a chance to go to England at any time. So they played a friendly Minnesota United up there next winter. Um, I'm at Wembley. Like, but then it was also yeah. crazy because I'm at Wembley, 100,000 people looking back on it. Lockdown was like less than a month away. And just like <laughs> trains, planes, automobiles, the whole thing, hundred thousand these stadiums, and it's like those those really got lucky not getting having a bad circumstance. And in fact, I was at the Monday night match. It was Villa versus Leicester City. It was the last full attendance match until last season. Um, oh, I was wow. there. It was a terrible match. Got <laughs> blown out in the rain. <laughs> just awful. But again great great experiences and that's the other thing to travel and do football like you did it in dubai i'm sure you met a bunch of great people i've done it in the uk now i plan to go and do it um i actually hadn't been into soccer when i was in high school it was study abroad in italy that got me started following as roma when brad ended up on villa that's when i sort of switched my attention uh from syria to the premier league but yeah i I've given up on a lot of American sports. Like I'm still kind of into baseball, but like I'm totally agnostic on all, all on football now, American football. 
I don't even call I'm definitely in the hand egg like society <laughs> like my own my British friends like what is this like I don't I can't even watch it and enjoy the NFL at this point or the NCAA but yeah I mean ton of my time has been spent with the Premier League and now with the different streaming services watching Fairmount Paramount Plus ESPN Plus it's great to be able to watch these lower level uh lower leagues too yeah, that's true. There's a lot of uh, ways to watch them now and way more accessible than, they, than what they used to be. And they're getting more and more accessible, which is cool because, you know, you would definitely want want more Americans to just watch other like just I want other Americans to know that there's soccer outside of the World Cup. You know, it's like that's like the best part of it. And even or better MLS. soccer, arguably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or MLS. Right. It's oh, especially and even even like with uh, the Apple TV thing. I know a lot of people uh, were disgruntled with the MLS uh, going on Apple, Apple TV. But I know I believe they signed a contract still to have. Uh, games on i think it was fox or i forgot where somewhere to show the to show the i forgot something like that but yeah i, I do uh for me i would say uh you know coming from a mexican family like they, we've always uh you know watched soccer growing up like whether it's you know because my mom's from uh guadalajara so she's a big chivas fan uh so that's that's kind of like what i was started also i mean i remember like my first the first world cup i watched uh even though i don't remember that much i was like in second grade was oh two uh the mm-hmm. south korea one and, um, you know, but kind of, you know, growing up, I did watch actually a lot of Chicago fire as much as, you know, it wasn't, you know, as, uh, you know, it wasn't as much on TV as it is now. Right. But also I didn't get it st- starting in, into like the EPL, for example, that's the one mainly I watch, like I'll watch champions league, but when I, I don't really like, I don't really watch like, uh, like, like other leagues like Serie A or Bundesliga, like as much as I do the, the premier league. Um, but, uh, it, it was probably like 2011. 2011 is with like Gareth Bale that kind of got me into into Tottenham and uh, and it's kind of funny because I have a, a friend group that and it wasn't even on purpose because I didn't at first when I started watching it I didn't, I, I didn't know they were like rivals like that or the fact that you know Tottenham was like right in London but I have a friend that's a Chelsea fan a friend that's an Arsenal fan so you can imagine the conversations that happened there uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah I would say like you know I'm kind of Muzz. I, I agree with that. Where it's like you're at at the end of the day, you're more like a, just a just a soccer fan all around. And I love watching like like it. You like I get the argument where like the Champions League is better than the World Cup, like because the competitiveness is there and just like the teams are just it's they're loaded. And also some, I mean, some players they even come out and said that they care more about that than the World Cup. So I mean, uh, that that also shows as well with some of the passion. But um, yeah, as as you can tell, like so I have the Mexico jersey. That's probably, I would probably say it's my top team, but I'm not by no means a U.S. hater. Um, I will, I, but I also I'm not. I'll be fully transparent and say that I was like when when Landon Donovan was on the team, there was something I I just didn't like about that team. Like I like Dempsey because he was on Spurs right for a while, but like there was just something about like that those teams that like they like that the attitude they have. And now with like Pulisic and like you know Reyna and all like I I have nothing against those guys. So like it's cool to see them. Uh, and it's cool to see like U.S. just like you know, get, get a little more respect out, out there, you know, it's in, and to get better and better. And, and in 2026 is like, they have it on a platter right there. Like they could easily make, you know, get, have a great tournament then. So uh, hopefully, you know, that, that's what happens. So, um, but kind of uh, shifting our focus now to uh, what we're here to talk about, man, the world cup. So, uh, and, and we'll talk first, you know, the, as you know, we mentioned a little bit right now with Mexico, us, and we'll talk about our region, you know, the, the CONCACAF, you know, uh, didn't have a great tournament, but it's still there's a lot, a lot to talk about there. A lot of break, down, a lot of, to break down because the U.S. You know they made it to the round of 16. Uh, you know Mexico disappointingly did not. Uh, Canada didn't, which you know you can make an argument they should have with how good they played at least. 
uh, Costa Rica had 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 a very uh, up and down World Cup. But yeah. uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Jason. What did you think overall about the performance of CONCACAF in, in the World Cup? I mean, first off, uh, to keep to keep it with the U.S. men's national team, I thought yeah. overall um, they were pretty, you know, bland, blah, a little mm. disappointing. Like they played fine. They advanced the round of 16, but there were no performances either collectively against who they were up against or individuals that really jumped off the page. I, I guess with the one exception of Tyler Adams, like I think he impressed me and to an extent Dest did as well. But like otherwise, most of the matches from my perspective that the USA played were pretty forgettable. What'd you think, Mus? Um, yeah, so like talking about CONCACAF, so the US only recently had all this talent, right? It was like the mm. past years that they brought in these players who've you know, gained really good experience from being yeah, in the top leagues, right? Christian Police just like the poster boy, right? Being at Chelsea and all these other players, Yunus Musa, Tyler Adams, they're all making moves to any league in Europe because those are more competitive than uh, like a homegrown league like the MLS. And I thought they did well. Um, I'm not really like a tactics formations guy and all that, but my, my cousin loves discussing it. We talk about it here and there. Um, yeah, it's like Greg Berhalter, the right manager. Like, did he do the right thing? I'm right. The goal was to get to the round of 16. I, I don't know if they would have gotten past that, to be honest. Um, and he, I mean, he, he got to that goal. So that was cool to see, right? There were a bunch of young, and I would say, yeah, inexperienced players, right? I don't think Tony, Mim yeah, no, no, none of them had experience from like, because they missed on the last World Cup because they didn't qualify. And before that, it was all uh, different players. So it, they seem like a very promising, like the game against the Netherlands was just, that was frustrating to watch just because um, uh, I, I know Jason said he liked, he liked Dest, but Dest that game was not good. The defense like was like switching off. Like you could see these plays happening. Like we were watching like it live. We could see it happening before, you know, they're about to shoot or about to score that goal, like the Netherlands goals. It was just very difficult to watch. They just, they didn't really have that composure. Um, I think that'll come in time, but they have a good core group, which I, like I said, it's really cool to see, right? Like you have these amazing players or extremely talented players, which weren't, wasn't really there before. I think like real talented players who, you know, out there, uh, I, I think it's exciting. Um, and the other two CONCACAF teams, um, you know, Mexico, Mexico had a tough group, man. <laughs> Argentina, you know, Saudi, all those games, Poland, it, it was it was a, uh, it was crazy, man. Watching it out there, like I didn't, I didn't see the any of those group games, but like we, there were a bunch of live screens everywhere throughout the country and city, and man, like the Saudi versus Mexico game, that was a wild one. Watching it with people, because everyone, everyone there was Saudi, and then you know Saudi, they uh, they crapped the bed, and it was because uh, you know they had their big win against Argentina, and I was like, oh, they're gonna make it out, and you know they couldn't make it out, and then Costa Rica, so that was a wild, wild mm -hmm. one. We were watching. Spain, Japan. We were in the stadium. And, you know, right? Spain led the game. They scored first. Japan scored again in the second half. They scored again. And, like, they're showing the live live table. And Costa Rica, at one point, right, they were beating Germany. So Spain was about to be knocked out. Germany was about to be knocked out. And Costa Rica and Japan were going to go through. And, like, the stadium was going wild. Like, and fans, everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, the two heavyweights are about to go out. Uh, yeah, and of course, you know, Germany came back one, but it's, I think there's just a, like, there's promise. It was, it's just disappointing that, right, that no one 
really made it further than they could. Uh, right. Mexico, they have, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not really like uh, in tune with Mexico, but I feel like, mm. right. They could have possibly made out the group. It's right. Pol- Poland was disappointing. Mm. Their round of 16 game, right. They got, they got knocked out. I think it was like, whatever, whatever it was. They got knocked out the mm-hmm. game. That watch. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot more promise than there could have been for all three of those teams. Yeah, they definitely – it's one of those things where they probably played better than what their record shows, right? Because, like, Fox kept sharing, like, the posts, like, oh, like, these are the, t- the – you know, each region's records and, like, CONCACAF was last. It's like – I'm like, it's really – I mean, I don't know. Like, look, I know it's easy to look at Costa Rica's, you know, loss to Spain and be like, man, they had a bad World Cup, but they beat Japan, you know, and then – and they yeah. competed with Germany. So, it's like they didn't – also as well. And, and with Canada, I mean, the, you know, they were in every game except for the Croatia one, you know, 4-1. But they were in every game, and that Belgium game. I mean, Belgium is one of those teams where they have so much talent, and the, but but at the same time, they just never have. I feel like they never have that drive. So I'm, I almost kind of like this world. Like I was excited about them last World Cup, but this World Cup, I was like, it's cool if Belgium get on the group stage. I don't care. And um, uh, and, and also just the fact that I mean, De Bruyne saying that they, they don't have a chance to win is is hilarious to me. Uh, but but yeah, with Canada, I I really felt I I felt for them the most out of besides the u.s i mean they got to play a knockout game but canada i feel like they played really well but yeah with mexico man it was i mean we look i'll be honest like we all have hope you know going into the world cup it's just the yeah. way it is but we didn't expect them to make it out of the group stage because they, really? they yeah no like in, in in realistically no because this were probably the worst mexico team put together that at least i've ever seen from world from in a world cup and it's just the way that they they're put together is just is just wrong like it's it's not and also i mean there's there's theories and you can you can you know you know uh, believe which ones you want but there's a lot of theories that like oh like it's they have contracts with the tv and that's like certain players do so they have to go like a lot of people made an argument that like i know that you know ochoa made a great save against poland and you know ochoa this and whatever but like a lot of people actually looked at other goalkeepers in mexico and were saying that you know they should have had a chance to at least you know either start or be on the team and they had like a they had uh Talavera was the backup and he was like he's like 40 years old. And so like it's it's one of those things where it was a lot, it was a lot of uh a lot of egos and a lot of things that go into you know Mexico's you know putting teams together, putting team together. And also the US and Mexico had the same problem with the striker. They had like no striker. And, <laughs> and I was gonna yeah. mention that about Mexico. Mexico uh-huh. it has the same problem that in uh Premier League that yeah. Wolves does. They either need to get Raul Raul back. <laughs> and uh firing or they yeah. need to get a different striker because they just aren't going to win anything strikerless and i i'm a, I, before the injury i was a big raul, raul jimenez fan raul jimenez fan i thought he was a really really great all-around striker but he's just a shadow of himself sadly and yeah I mean, no i agree maybe he'll get back there but mm-hmm. like and uh just to jump in because i know you went sure. all the way around all the different comparisons mm-hmm. the thing with um you mentioned uh Muz, the, the U.S. was young. I, I feel like there's, like, yes, nobody's played in the World Cup, but, like, the that Canada team, with a few exceptions, is even younger. And I felt that yeah. with that Belgium game, that was one of those ones where it's, like, that's one golden generation exiting and another generation asserting mm-hmm. itself. And by the time U.S., Canada, Mexico share that World Cup, like, Canada doesn't have a lot to be sad about. Like, I think mm-hmm. they'll be on the make by the time they host that World Cup. No, yeah, that's 100% true. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Mus. No, I was going to say, I, I'm with you. Almost everybody rates, um, who's their star? Alfonso Davies, Davies, probably the best player. Yeah. All of North 
like out of Mexico, mm-hmm. USA, like everyone rates Alfonso Davies. He and I like they're all very young, right? He's like mm-hmm. I think he's like twenty one. So mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, even younger than the US, they they show their inexperience definitely, but mm-hmm. they have a couldn't crazy, close it out. <laughs> crazy mm-hmm. good like they're very dynamic. Um I I think, yeah, they're like you said, twenty twenty six, these teams are really gonna show what yeah, show their worth. Yeah, and, and that's and see the thing is like Mexico easily has like great players out there, and there was a lot of in, there was injuries that also you know didn't you know didn't work in their favor and like but what Raúl Jiménez as you said you know Jason he shouldn't have been there to begin with like because because of yeah. his health like he just should not have been there and then just you know the strike the strikers that they chose is like it's just it was just yeah I mean I could go on and on but yeah I hope I hope I hope by twenty twenty six they're able to. Um, you know, put a good team, good team together because they can. They have the players to make it out of the knockout because they always do, right? And it's like this year with like the lack of striker going into it, we're like, how are we going to score goals? That you know, and, and they ended up not scoring goals. Really, it's just until, up until like the last game, you know. And I was like, here we go, Mexico's going to make it <laughs> somehow, make it through. But right. uh, Saudi, yeah, Saudi was able to put them away at the end, and and rightfully so. I mean, it, as much as I hated it at the moment, Mexico deserves not to make it through because of just the, with the federation and all that. But on the flip side, maybe the performance on the field wasn't tremendous, but from at least what I heard, and you can speak to this having actually gone to Qatar, the Mexico fans traveled so well for as far as way as it was and the amount of noise that they made. Like, (laughs) I think that might have been the loudest, the Mexico games. And that's even without great football on on the pitch. Yeah, Like Central slash South America. So Argentinian fans, Brazilian fans, and Mexico fans were extremely loud. They were all over the place. And then um, the Northern African teams, obviously Morocco, right? They went crazy. But, like, the, I went to, like, right, Tunisia, um, Iran. Like, this, those fans, like, they showed up. Like, <laughs> a lot of a lot of noise from, like, Mexico, South America, Central South America, and, uh, like, the African teams. So, Yeah, that's the coolest thing, that you know, about it. I mean, the Argentina-Mexico game, I mean, it was just wild <laughs> from a crowd perspective and just, like, the game in general, right? It's like... Yeah, that's what I liked about it too. Is just the fact that the fans showed up and it's cool. But it, you know, the 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 fans were definitely Mexico's MVP for sure of the whole tournament. It's just the way it ended up being. Uh, but also, uh, just in general too, like the group stage. I mean, uh, Muzz, as as you were there for most of it, but so you can allude to some of these games or talk about some of these games. But uh, what did you guys think about the group stage? I mean, what did you think about the surprises that happened overall? I mean. You know, we mentioned Saudi Arabia, but we haven't, you know, mentioned Morocco as well. You know, mm-hmm. even even as you said, Canada too. I mean, they also surprised in the group stage as much as they didn't make it out or anything like that. But uh, any other teams in particular that kind of stood out to you guys? Uh, we'll start with you, Muzz. What what did what stood out to you from the group stage at least? Yeah, from the group stage, uh, yeah, the, the obvious, right? Like there was that big upset to Saudi, like beat Argentina, and they had, they had like a very like a high powered offense too. Like they couldn't always finish their chances, but um you know that was, that was just great to see that there were like there were upsets a lot of the good teams obviously made it out um or the expected teams like besides like i think like belgium and germany you know it was cool seeing the like so i went to the japan spain game japan beat spain and japan made it through they they looked very good up until you know they got to the round of 16 versus croatia and they got knocked out um who else i went to the korea versus portugal game and like portugal like kind of uh, they they, ha- they half asked it like for, for real like they are with some bench players and Ronaldo well Ronaldo started they went to the bench and like they, they weren't playing that hard Korea scored a, scored a goal in, like I think like the 90th minute so that that secured their um 
that helped to secure their knockout round, but they weren't, they weren't that exciting in, you know, the round of 16, like they were just, you know, okay. I, I know that game um, as well. The group stages, like they, they had, like I said, uh, good matches. Um, and besides like, they weren't like, I guess, you know, too many like upsets. They were, I just think they're all like great matches and there weren't too many straight up draws. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to like the first group. I, I think, you know, Qatar, the host country got knocked out. They were, they were, they were the worst team. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first team, they lost all three of their games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was all, uh, yeah, I would say the group stages was exciting, exciting enough. It was, uh, to see like these good, games you can see the teams like working on no team like got thoroughly smashed out like okay like you said like coach Rica got smashed by spain right mm-hmm. and there was another big uh like who did who did england smash? oh it was, it was iran right? yeah, yeah, england, yeah yeah iran actually iran and you know iran beats you know, wales the next game and then the, mm-hmm. the next we die for usa versus iran so all these teams have like that capability of, like you weren't like oh this team's completely trash or this game's gonna be completely boring um so there was all that capability for like these teams. You can see like players, you know, players and teams getting better and better. Um, so group stages were exciting. Um, the traditional teams, most of them made it out. So I, I thought it was exciting regardless. All right. Yeah. Uh, we use up the good 40 minutes. So uh, Jason, you start whenever you're ready, man. All right, cool. So definitely a lot of the same teams that Moss mentioned were, uh, you know, pleasant surprises for me. The South Korea's, the Japan's of the world, Tunisia, Morocco, especially Morocco, throw in one more just to keep it interesting though. Uh, and you'd mentioned Qatar being, you know, the worst team in the whole tournament, but even despite opening match, Qatar, Ecuador, I thought Ecuador was another pleasant surprise. Like mm-hmm. I didn't expect a lot from them, but they were competitive. And if I remember correctly, another team that came close and it was into that final day or that final match um, round, for them to maybe get into the round of 16 and they just didn't quite make it, but yeah, that was were fun games. No. Yeah, for sure. And then like, there were just the, the amount of uh, possibilities with at, at on the last day where I feel like there was so many, so it was cool to see. And, mm-hmm. and like, I know that look, if I was rooting for Iran against the way, you know, Wales there, and then they were able to pull that off. That was awesome. But obviously, I know at, at the last game, I was like, man, I guess I, I can't really go against the U.S. here. So, uh, but it, 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 you know what? It, it, they put up a fight. It is what it is. They 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 were able to, you know, uh, show up and just didn't, you know, didn't come up with a win. But other teams that also were, it was, you know, cool to see was Australia have a great uh, group stage. Um, also, um, to be honest, also, I expected more from Uruguay, which I think I, a lot of, you know, a lot of people expect a lot of them. Also, Ghana. I feel like going into it, a lot of people uh, pick them to be finished second behind like Portugal, Portugal, a lot of uh, people pick them to, you know, finish first in that group. But uh, even regardless, it seemed like they played better without Ronaldo there, but uh, (laughs) despite all, yeah. Right. (laughs) So, so, um, but yeah, it's another, it's another one that we could just go on another podcast, honestly, talk about Ronaldo, but um, yeah, it was was cool. And yeah, Ecuador, I didn't expect to see what I, what I saw there. I mean, Inter Valencia, I feel like always shows up in the world cup, which is cool. Uh, but it just didn't, it it wasn't able to, you know, uh, to come out with a group stage, uh, um, you know, uh, finishing second or whatever. But, um, other than that, um, some of the flops too, as well. I, I honestly expected at least more of a fight from Wales, uh, that I feel like was, they just played terribly all like almost all three games, uh even i mean even even if they with the u.s game i still even then i still like 
I don't I don't think that they deserve that that draw it either, you know, but it is what it is. Um in Denmark as well, like man, they just oh, yeah. came yeah, I mean they just came in also and and didn't do much there. Um, but in Germany, with that being their second, you know, second straight, you know, not making out of the group, it's not really necessarily surprising, but I'm like, man, they really gotta, you know, step it up there. I mean, they have all the talent in the world, but I think it's just, you know, uh positioning and just uh coaching as well. But yeah, that's gonna be uh, interesting to see what they do in the next one. But, uh, you know, kind of moving on now to the knockout stages. Uh, I mean, plenty of plenty of games to talk about there. But um, some of the games I, I at least I looked at, you know, for some of my favorite were France and England. I mean, that was a game that, you know, England could have easily uh, won that game. I feel like I honestly feel like that France and England quarterfinal might have been the best I've ever seen England play. And and as being as being a, a Tottenham fan, like Harry Kane at least scored one penalty kick. But that second one was, you know, rough there. Um, a lot of things go into that. I'm sure, obviously, with you know Loris being the goal, the goalie for France and all that. But yeah, yeah, just and also the Netherlands Argentina game. I mean that. Whew, I mean, how many red cards should have been given out there is a debate. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, it was it was still you know cool to see with the last minute goal from Netherlands and and all that. But uh, we'll start with you, Jason. What were your thoughts on the group stage game and any game in particular that stand out? Uh, the final the final was the final, so we'll, we'll save that for the next segment, but what do you think? Just because you mentioned it and set it up the way you did in my notes mm. for that, for the England-France thing. I, I feel like that was yeah. damned by faint praise for you to say that that's the best you can <laughs> ever play with the amount of talent that's on there. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. And even when just uh, <laughs> assembling the notes for the prep for this, I, I was even going to say in highlighting that match that that's one of those things. I don't know if if i'm not a southgate guy uh personally yeah, nah, i just don't see it happening mm-hmm. under him and honestly graham potter um i know things are always very volatile as you know very <laughs> well at chelsea like he's long <laughs> been tipped as like a hey this is a guy who came up in an unorthodox fashion and some people even pegged him to be more uh, national team oriented or like a better fit than with a club team as manager mm-hmm. it might take a change like that for england to actually follow through on the potential I'll skip over the Netherlands Argentina game because I didn't have anything particularly interesting to say about it. I will highlight one other match from the round of 16, though, and it was the Moroccan shootout upset over Spain. Oh, I happened yeah. to be visiting my old neighbors who moved down to New Orleans. The husband is a Spaniard. And so I'm watching that with him uh, in New Orleans. And it was definitely one of those things. It It's the second straight World Cup, actually, that I've watched it with a national. I watched the semifinal with somebody who's a dual citizen American uh, and France. But I mean, the stress was through the roof, even for me, just like vicariously picking that up off of him and to his benefit, because I think he would have pulled out all of his hair. Like he's like, I got to go. He had to go. He's a professional musician. He had to go play his viola. Um, So he missed the shootout portion. He just like he stayed as long as he could through the Mm. the, uh, extra time. And yeah, I was just he was just so down about it the rest of the time. Like he's like, I'm done. I'm done with the World Cup. Like, <laughs> you don't want to I even asked him a couple of days later, do you want to watch this match? He's like, no, nope, not at all. <laughs> totally finished. <laughs> Bad memories. But so, yeah, like I said, that's a by coincidence. I've had, had the benefit of the last two World Cups watching at least one match with a national of the team. First time with a winner, second time with a loser. <laughs> what do you think, Muzz, about the knockout stage? Yeah. They were great, man. Absolutely just um, great. Like I said, I went to the USA Netherlands one. The atmosphere was really bad. Um, I think it's because it was a stadium. Um, so that specific stadium, like, there's like a huge like track that runs around the field. So mm-hmm. the fans 
away. They're not very close to like the pitch or whatever. Um, so it was kind of hard to hear the atmosphere. Um, the knockout stages, yeah, they, you know, like it was, it was, it was just sad. Like if Japan like beat Croatia, I think that would have been pretty cool. Like they, you know, they had their pretty bad penalties. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, mm-hmm. where they just they were just horrible at penalties. They used, you know, um, Morocco making it through, obviously amazing. Um, you know, going to like the quarterfinals. Brazil losing to, you know, Croatia, that was such a disappointment, you know, um, because they just like switched off. Like imagine Argentina, Brazil in the size that that would have been the game of the century. No matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know Argentina, like, right, because, you know, Argentina, you know, beat, beat uh, Croatia, whatever it was like 2-0, 3-0. And it was like a pretty straightforward match. But Brazil just switched off against Croatia and you know they couldn't handle themselves in penalties and just uh it was just really sad like I, I really wanted to see Argentina versus Brazil like I, I I didn't think yeah Croatia is good and they had this mentality right because they were the finalists last World Cup they're third place this World Cup they got pretty far in the Euros but I don't know I, I just feel like they weren't that good right they they just had the mentality. exciting yeah yeah, yeah, like they're, like they're not sexy. That's how I was. Uh, I was telling they're people sexy, like, or they're sneaky good. They're not sexy yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. If that even makes sense, like I, yeah. I, <laughs> I very gifted. Like all their players, like Luka mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're all very technical, and uh, you know they're they're relying like their technical skills to get through, which is like good to see. But uh, yeah, I really wanted Brazil to make it through, and you know it would have been nice to see Brazil versus Argentina in, in that semi. Yeah, and, and I do agree with that. Like, I think a little part of me is like, it's cool to see a team like Croatia kind of like poke a thorn into like the big teams like England, France. But once it gets, it, it's cool. Like in the round of sixteen and quarterfinal, once it gets to like the semi, I'm like, eh, well, I feel like I'd rather see Argentina, Brazil. But yeah, the the as you you know kind of alluded to with the penalties, uh, yeah. But I see it also like their penalty kicks were horrendous. Uh, a lot, a lot of that just happened with you know with Croatia. I mean, in Croatia, they're just they're they're just I believe they're just really gifted when it comes to penalty kicks. I mean, it just show it just showed. I think I think after they won that that game against Brazil, I think it was like five or is it four or five straight uh, World Cup uh, penalty kick shootouts that they won or something like that. I'm like, that's just that they, they're just uh, made for those type of things. But um, I will say also other games that that stood out to me. I mean, I expected a little more of a fight from Senegal, even though they didn't have Mane there just because of the my low expectations for England, um, as we were talking about. And uh, but it didn't it didn't you know happen. And also, you know, with England winning three zero, I was like, man, I think they, uh, you know, were looking a little better compared to what I thought they would going into the next game. And they obviously showed up against France, but it wasn't enough there. And, I, and again, uh, kind of like what I thought with Mexico, rightfully so, they should have lost there just because of you know the coaching there. And it, look, a lot of the, a lot of the same talking points that people t- you know were talking about with um, England uh, with Southgate is kind of like with Berhalter too when it comes to like player choice and all that and uh, starting eleven. Um, so uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they do consider Grand Potter eventually. Um, if you know if depending on when he leaves Chelsea or whatever. But um, also uh, you know with uh, uh Portugal beating Switzerland six to one. Um, I also I was like, damn, you know, if they beat them six to one, I know uh, Morocco's probably going to lose there. And no, Morocco was able to take take down Portugal there. 
Um, and I really thought they had a chance against France, you know, it just ended up not, you know, not working out for them in the end, but it was, again, that one was cool to see just because like Zayek, you know, uh, you know, seeing him at Chelsea and stuff like that before and all that, um, it was cool to see, uh, th that type of team in there, uh, with some flair, you know, get, you know, far in the tournament. Um, also, um, the, I re really was pulling for, you know, kind of going back to Croatia, I was pulling for Japan to make it out, you know, out of there. Uh, but again, those penalties were hideous. So it didn't, didn't work out for them either. Um, but yeah, kind of now moving on to the the game we all want to talk about here, man. France and Argentina, uh, maybe uh, the greatest final ever. I mean, people keep saying that, and I don't know what you guys think. I mean, uh, Muzz, we'll start with you. What uh, do you believe that is the greatest World Cup final ever? I, I mean, I've been watching since two thousand six, and yeah, I would say this was the greatest one ever. Uh, it was one of the best games I've ever watched. Just yeah. all, all, like I watch, I watch a lot of soccer the past, like. I want to say close to 20 years. It's been like 18, close to 18 years uh, of soccer I've been watching, whether it's been Premier League, Champions League, and you know, the other leagues, MLS, this and that, and the World Cup. But that final was just like the pinnacle, right? Like it was just like everything was set up for like it to happen, right? Argentina, like Messi's last, Messi's last dance, right? Messi taking his team to the World Cup. He's taking him to the final. Messi, like, you know, greatest player blah 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 versus france who has mbappe you know france like won the last world cup and they have these superstars and you know they're a very good team and they have a bunch of young players who are also very good and they can slot in and it was just wild <laughs> that that it was like so much tension like people are like you know, like watching that game was just wild like you know argentina scores those first two goals and like france looks deflated and like the game kind of it's, it's going back and forth. I thought it was a very tactical match. People like, oh, and I got boring until you know France scored those two. And I'm like, no, until that moment, like whatever it was, like 70, 70th or 80th minute, it was still really enthralling. But like, of course, right? You know, well, as soon as they scored, Mbappe, Mbappe, and like <laughs> wild, like absolutely wild. Like you're just seeing like the best go at it. Like, right, everyone's saying Mbappe willed his team. Yeah, I think you know, he had a backing of his whole team behind him. But Mbappe, with his talent, right, smashes in that goal, gets that penalty. It's now 2-2, you know, going to extra time. Argentina scoring. Mbappe scoring another penalty. That Messi goal in extra time was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. passing, like, everybody always going to be offside. And, like, and he was onside. And, like, just the celebrations. Like, the tension, there was so much. It was just wild to watch. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of soccer, like a lot of emotions, but that one, like after it all happened and going through the penalties and, you know, you really felt like, I was like, yeah, because I was going back and forth in the group chat and all that, like it's Argentina, it was going to be France. I'm like, I think, I think Argentina's got this in the penalties. They did with, of course, their goalkeeper and like seeing that celebration, seeing <laughs> up, like I am. Right, everyone's like, "Yo, you have to be like, you have to choose one, right? If you're like a Messi versus uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I love them both, but I do like Messi if I have to choose one." And seeing him lift the World Cup was like amazing, like absolutely amazing. What do you think, Jason? I mean, Muzz is very, uh, you know, convincing and persuasive with how he set that up. I'm generally <laughs> a little bit averse to go hyperbolic, so when you put it through it out there as greatest, I was like, eh. yeah. But I will say this: <laughs> it is definitely the greatest. World Cup final in at least the commercialized FIFA era in like the televised. So like, I, at least my memory goes back to 94, at least like for like, not just like really fragmented memories of the World Cup. 
but even a little bit beyond that would be like the commercialized with the television broadcast rights and things like that globally. But I will say this, it, it set up exactly for the, this amazing narrative, right? Like again, two best players, one's old, one's young. They play for the same club teams. It, yeah. It, in the end with how it played out with after all of the pearl clutching and you know everything with Argentina losing their first match it ended up adding to the suspense which was again well just one of those things it's like for France had some opposition but it was kind of walking through the tournament whereas like Argentina had been on that razor's edge because of losing their first match um so yeah from a narrative standpoint it was amazing and a lot of times when you get that narrative set up and then you get the the onto the pitch like that's where the letdown comes like how many times have people talked about like oh well the semifinals were actually like where the real champions were crowned this was not that world cup Mm -hmm. like there was all of the drama that you had coming into the match continue into match day and all the way through to a damn shootout (laughs) in the final yeah and correct me if i'm wrong that's the first time that the final at least the world cup has been ended in a shootout isn't it uh I, I, don't, like I, I don't. I don't. I'm not remember. I didn't double check it before coming mm-hmm. on here. Just popped in my head now. Mm-hmm. Had the penalties, if you remember, France versus um, Germany. Yeah, France hit. Uh, wait, 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 what year? Uh, 2006. Oh, it was uh, France Italy. After, yes, sorry. It was it was in Germany. Yeah, France Italy, and then Italy beat. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say that's the one that came to mind, but I don't. Yeah, know, right. I was like, I, I think that forgot. Was a, yeah. 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 Uh huh. But um, nevertheless, like it, yeah, the drama all the way through, drama leading up to it. The, sells at this point it's mm-hmm. from that standpoint it's definitely the greatest because like again how many times did you build the narrative for it to yeah. like fall apart round of 16 the semi-final like again the favorite loses in the semis and you, last time i can't remember who croatia played but like it went in the, in the, in the, the sem- semi-final semifinal? was the real final oh who croatia played in the semi-final last in the last world cup i mean like a lot of people were down on the final but that's oh, not yeah. Um, it's two of if not the best teams like mm. the best performing teams with combined with the most talent so yeah like i said i'm reluctant to say greatest ever but definitely greatest ever in like this modern era with like television broadcasts and like being able to see game after game after game and yeah like last dance did the whole thing that went the distance and mbappe like eight goals in the tournament came through with his performance in that game he's, he's amazing Even in defeat it sets up a future narrative for mm-hmm. him moving on with france in future cups so i thought that was pretty awesome and, and jason real quick where do you sit when somebody goes messi or ronaldo <laughs> i am definitely not a ronaldo guy okay. like, I, I am deep in the schadenfreude with the him uh-huh. getting picked off of man united <laughs> while he, when he shows up the guitar and then not playing the whole time and them losing and like yeah. i'm even a guy who like a couple world cups ago was like pretty sympathetic to portugal mm-hmm. and also i wasn't like i, I also don't dislike bruno fernandez because he's a little bit too petulant like in just his yeah. body language and some of his things he's a great player don't get me wrong like yeah. and, and fills in a lot of holes 
there's a lot of holes to fill, I should say, when he's not on the uh, pitch for Portugal or for Man United. But like they're two really dislikable guys on that team, <laughs> my perspective. And again, Messi is just again the model of consistency um, throughout this time period. Like again, less drama. Like there are things like I've read enough of the like investigative journalism about like what does this agreement with Saudi Arabia mean? Like leaving that aside, just the mm-hmm. like what he says to you know football journalists and what he how he composes himself on the sidelines or in practice from what we know, and then how he is on the pitch, like. 100 percent Ronaldo, uh uh Lionel Messi not Ronaldo like 100 <laughs> percent like and also I'm sympathetic to Argentina too um like even before Emmy Martinez being signed like I know a bunch of Argentinians for some reason in my life too so I'm just like well I'd like them to be happy um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the opposite I I actually so I like Messi but I don't care for the Argentina team they're not they're, <laughs> I'll say that in my opinion, like just the team, this does especially the South American, not South American, excuse me, especially the Argentinian players. Like you saw the feisty the game got. They're very, they're also very petulant too. I, they're not, they're not a likable bunch in any sense of the way. Especially uh, <laughs> who, uh, who got the who who gave away the penalty? I I don't like that player at all. Um, uh, the uh the penalty in in the, uh, the final. Yeah, the defender. Um, uh, I don't I don't I can't remember, think of the name right now. I just the, the one name that comes to mind all the time when I think of like players I don't like is like Enzo Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> as much as much as I know he's good, I just it's just personality wise I just can't can't do it. But I, I will say, being a Mexico fan, super easy not to like Argentina because of this the the hurt the hurt and pain they've caused me. But um, yeah, and it, but but yeah, overall like I can see also just you know unbiasedly not liking them because of this the way they played it i mean look at the, like how they played against or how they were against netherlands i'm not saying netherlands had no blame there or anything like that but i mean just the whole i think i think it might have been enzo fernandez that kicked the ball at the bench but i, I could be wrong there um but that i mean that's just yeah a whole other thing but uh me when it comes to the whole messy and all the thing it's kind of like with like with like jordan lebron like why can't we just like appreciate both players if you like if you like one or the other i understand i understand but like just pure so there's some people that like pure hatred for like you know Ronaldo or like LeBron without any reasoning and Jason I like your reasoning I mean you have a whole you had a whole you broke you broke it down but some people just like oh like messages you know this is and that it's like you don't even know why you're hating on Ronaldo you just don't like him because you know he's on the pitch the way he is and stuff like that but I understand definitely and it was cool to see Messi finally lift, lift that up but uh back to the final I mean it, yeah it, it, people usually also have the recency bias, right? It's like always, it's the greatest ever, ever, you know, right. But it felt for sure. It felt the, the like the greatest, at least in, of the, of, of this century. And, and the one that we've seen at least, um, uh, and it just delivered in so many ways. And, and I didn't, the way I didn't think I played against France, I have never seen somebody play against France like that for the first 75 minutes. I feel like France has always like been there. Even if they lost the game, they've always been there. Like would there be the Euro or whatever, and Argentina held them down, man. I mean, the fact that the fact that um uh they had to sub out, you know, Giroud and and you know and 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 I also heard maybe like oh Giroud maybe wasn't a hundred percent going into that because there was like a sickness going around or whatever. But even then, it was still surprising. And um you know seeing you know them wake up finally in like the seventy eighth, you know when they got that the penalty and then plus Mbappe. I mean, I will say this: I'm usually not a betting man, but I did put you know with big games like that, I do bet. And I did bet, uh, I, I, again, it, it was more of like, cause I don't bet that much. I put like, I'll put like a couple bucks and I'll, I'll always get some risky bet. And I bet for 
uh, uh, France to score over one and a half goals and Mbappe to score two goals. And hey. when Mbappe scored that second goal, it was me going crazy. One, because it was an amazing game. And two, because I want some money. <laughs> but but uh, I had plenty of people that like never watched soccer hit me up and just saying like, oh, like this is like awesome and all that. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Soccer is boring. Everyone's saying soccer. No, it's not. This is like, this is what I'm talking about when people like talk, like, you know, say, oh, soccer is boring and all that. It's like, come on. And uh, also uh, just, uh, just, you know, in just in general with Messi, it was cool to see him finally lift up the trophy. And, you know, it's, it's with him. It's just because he's like, it's so, it's so humble. And we know his like beginnings and just the way that he came up and, you know, going to, you know, Spain. So, so young and, and, and all that. And, and it was, you know, cool to finally see that. And even, you know, going into that final, I'm like, well, if Argentina finally wins it, at least uh, Mexico lost to the champ. So, uh, and, and yeah, <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, and, and Messi having one of the best uh, individual performances, especially in the knockout round, I mean, he showed up every game and, um, you know, was able to get on the score sheet. But for you guys, what's one individual performance, or you can name a few that, that kind of stood out to you from, from the tournament overall. Jason, we'll start with you, man. Would it, was there any particular player, even if it was from the U.S., like anybody in particular that kind of like caught your eye or maybe that surprised you? I'll, I'll hit two. And then just since you sure. mentioned the U.S. specifically, I, another mm -hmm. shout out to Tyler Adams, because like definitely mm -hmm. like the best player on that side yeah. when it's as talented as it is. But two for me, one for a team that didn't go far as far as maybe they would have liked. Cody Gakpo jumped mm -hmm. off the page. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. Emmy Martinez. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone, hated, everyone was roasting him and like all this crap. But like, look. At the end of the day, also, if you don't know his beginnings, too, I mean, also, it just it shows you why he had that much passion because yeah. he was at the last World Cup. I saw that because I'm not going to lie. When I first saw him and doing the dancing, yeah, yeah. I, I would because I was rooting. Ultimately, I was uh, it was a win win because I, I didn't I, I should have said this before, but um, I was OK with Messi winning. But I'm, I like France just because, like, I mean, I've always had a, a, a like I like I just I've loved France because, like, I took French in, in high school and I just had like, you know, I love Mbappe and all that. But. Yeah, it's it's cool, uh, you know, to see Emmy Martinez and what he's done, and the fact that he was at the last World Cup as a fan, and now he's, you know, you know, gone. But and go I, ahead. I, and I, I can't fault anybody who's a neutral or a French, a France supporter who's like fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remembered. I was like, oh, we're not just talking. <laughs> but like you're good, again, you're good. I was I was sympathetic towards Argentina throughout the tournament, and he plays for my club team. Like I see this every. Yeah weekend yeah like he's got eyes on the players <laughs> and playing mind games he also like addresses the fans but that are behind him on a regular basis and like i think that's a really special thing that dynamic that a especially a goalkeeper can have with the fans in the stands um but yeah those are my the my two big stand standouts gakpo and uh martinez go ahead Mus. um individual performances uh that croatia goalkeeper uh he was awesome. <laughs> that I think it was on the younger side. I, I think he was. Uh, he didn't win that goalkeeper of the tournament. And it could have been really close. I mean, I mean, Martinez, right? He had great saves and multiple penalty shootouts throughout the whole knockout stages, and I think that helped, obviously. But that goalkeeper was really amazing for Croatia. Um, and then uh, that one player for Morocco, like the whole Moroccan uh, team played as a unit, which was like amazing. Mm -hmm. to see. Uh, but Onahi. Um, I forgot his first name, but uh, he was really cool. It was really good to see like these unheralded, unknown players, right? Yeah. Like out of Gakpo, like so I follow a little bit of uh, Dutch soccer because 
Um, I used to work for this company that was headquartered in Amsterdam. So they sent me over there uh, a couple of times. I got to, you know, watch Ajax and some other teams play. Um, so Gakpo wasn't like unheralded, but like he like in not unknown, but like when you hear about like these, not completely random, but like these unknown players out of nowhere, right? Like, oh, now nah, he like, you know, he likes to stand out star. No one really knew about him. Like he was a star of that Morocco team. He helped out the defense. Like seeing that to me is like super cool. Like, and I was like, he's going to probably have a big move in the upcoming you know, January uh, transfer window to a big, bigger club team. They're all interested. Um, yeah, that, that was a cool individual performance. Uh, I mean, like I said, the whole Moroccan team was great. And like actually seeing like, I, I know we didn't talk about them that much, but um, that when so I wasn't there during the like the knockouts and even um, the group stage when they did really well. But a lot of people I knew were like, right, they're really rooting for them to see like in one an African team, an Arab team make it to the semis was like a huge achievement in itself because no African team has ever made it to the semis. And like you see other parts of the world or other teams are like really competing, right? Like when you said it was difficult, uh, not difficult, like a little sad to see like Senegal not do that well and their knockout, um, you know, not their knockout game. But these teams are like, right, they're getting better and better like throughout the global stage, whether it's like in Australia, Morocco, all these teams like, it's, it's the playing field in 2026. That's why I'm really excited for 2026, even though it's supposed to be 48 teams. Mm-hmm. And we can get there. But, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's going to get better and better. But like I said, that, that standout, just seeing like an unknown player like Manahi, like make his, make his name. Now he's going to like get his big breakout deal in like the next month is really cool to see. Yeah, and, and actually, Jason, now I was going to talk about Cody as well and, and, and because I, I was not – to be honest, I haven't I hadn't really seen him play on PSV and, and for him to come out and have a tournament like this, it was cool to get it kind of introduced to him like this. And um uh but also Hakimi in in on, on Morocco, the way he led the, the team and 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 you know was able to uh play and, and obviously him being on PSG, I was familiar with him, but just man, he just willed him. And then also, I mean, and I feel like every tournament he shows up, but Modric, obviously Luka Modric, I mean, just I mean, and it's one of those things again, plays into the fact that it's not like sexy and he's not like you know necessarily you know standing out everyone sees you know but he when you watch him just watch him play it's his passes his positioning it's 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 almost perfect so um those are the type of players that really stood out to me um and it's good that you mentioned tyler adams too as well jason because i think that's another player that a lot of people don't talk about because with the u.s it's and it's understandably so it's like everyone's talking pull is sick everyone's you know, even right now, whether it be positive or negative with that whole fiasco, <laughs> uh, Tyler Adams is one of those guys, you know, that that uh, for sure is going to be there and be one of the mainstays and and one of those anchors for the team for, for years to come. Uh, and, you know, another thing, too, uh, you know, the, the closing segment I want to get into here is kind of uh, what do you guys think overall for for soccer fans all around the world? What uh, kind of uh, storylines are you guys keeping an eye out, whether it be? Uh, league wise, international wise, I know international wise, for example, the, the women's world cup is this year also, uh, you know, with, you know, with England, for example, I know I, that's the main league I watch, you know, can Arsenal win the league this year? Uh, hopefully not. Um, but uh, also uh, can PSG finally snag a UCL title? So we'll, we'll start with you, Muzz. Like what, what, what's one storyline that you want people to keep an eye on this year? Uh, one storyline. You, you already said it, man. The mm-hmm. prim- um Yeah. You know, this is crazy. Like, so the first thing you mentioned when you said, like, "Hey, um, people were reaching out to you saying, like, you know, I watched the soccer game and it was amazing, the mm-hmm. final, right?" Yeah. And out of that too, where it was like, "Wow!" Like, they were just like, it was, it was everywhere. Like, more so than I've ever seen it before for any other game. I know the World Cup, obviously, yes, it is the biggest sporting event, but 
you know, all these Premier the Premier League is on all the time. The UCL is on all of the time. I had never seen such excitement from people who didn't regularly watch soccer or seen soccer before after watching this game. So hopefully that can like right channel into MLS or Premier League. But mm-hmm. one of those definitely has to be Arsenal. Uh, my buddy's yeah. also I'm the Chelsea fan. He he's he's like uh he's like he's he's not showing it. Uh, but like I know he feels it inside. Like seeing Arsenal top of the table and like doing well. Like not underperforming, right? Like doing well, <laughs> and if they win, right? The last time they won the Premier League, it was two thousand three, two thousand four, yeah. when they went undefeated. The only undefeated in the Premier League, uh, Arsenal, two thousand three or, or four. Mm-hmm. Another last time they won it. So, if they pull it off this year, that would be absolutely wild. And, you know, that's what Man City, right? Liverpool not doing. Liverpool not off to the greatest start. Man U, Chelsea, right? Um, Newcastle, they're like in third or fourth place. They're mm-hmm. like, they're they're doing well, and that's before even like, I know the the Saudi team or not Saudi, the Saudi country bought them, but they haven't had huge transfers in yet. They had a couple, but they're doing really well. So it's it's a lot of competition, and like if Arsenal pulls it off, that's Premier League is exciting, man. That's, that's the one thing, right? Like I watch a lot of these other leagues, and everyone's like, oh, it's not as exciting because, um, they're kind of like a two horse race or one horse race, and right, right, PC always wins or Juventus always wins or um, where Real Madrid and Barcelona always win La Liga, whatever it is. Uh, but Premier League always has sort of like the, the fights to finish, you know, where that top four is always moving around. And Arsenal, Arsenal makes it out. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be unhappy <laughs> to say, let's say that. I'm a Chelsea fan. It, it, would, be, it would be nice to see them win, for my buddy at least, uh, you know, to see them uh, make it out and, and win. You go ahead, Jason. So uh, just to wrap up with the World Cup thing, too, to, as a transition, oh, sure, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of the big uh, narratives, because this was the first Winter World Cup, was like what's going to happen both in terms of like those last minute injuries and then also injuries that happened at the World Cup. I'm not saying these were the only injuries that happened, but the major ones that spring to mind that might actually affect club championships. Sir, uh, Sadio Mane went out, so Senegal mm-hmm. didn't have that. And like there was one, at least one game where I was like, mm, they could really use him, and then maybe they mm-hmm. would progressed. But then you talk about who's going to win leagues. I just watched Man, Man City play today, and I mean, they're, I think, six points off. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal's going to be really hard-pressed without Jesus to actually hold off Man City, I think. And looked over the major leagues, like the races that are really in play are Premier League, and La Liga, like from that standpoint. I also look top to bottom, the Premier League, we talk about what's exciting, what's not. Like, look at the, flip the table over. Like there's one point, there's one win. The 20th place team is one win away from safety. There's one point separating 17 from 18. It's really volatile in the like bottom six or so. Um, so anybody can get pulled in the relegation battle. We saw that last year too. There was a very narrow middle of the league. Yeah. Um, that's always really exciting. I don't know. Did you want me to, uh, so do you want me to address like champions league Europa or anything or would do that? Uh, just, just in, or just in general, anything, anything. Yeah. Exciting. I mean, like I said, the La Liga has got an exciting race this year, but then I think, um, <laughs> reviewing the round of 16 for, uh, champions league. You've got PSG matched up against uh, Bayern right now. And from what I watched in the, the previous round, like I, I really feel like whoever wins that, I know I can sound really dumb at the end of the, <laughs> the contest saying that I think that the favorite to win is whoever survives 
uh, Bayern Munich versus P uh, PSG. But I really do think that that's the most likely scenario. And to give a couple other options, maybe if like Liverpool totally invests in lifting that trophy because they feel like they're out of the race in the Premier League, that might be an alternative. And since I went out on a limb and picked favorites for the, <laughs> the UCL, for Europa, I looked over who's still available and thought about the performances that I watched. Union Berlin, like, again, might just be playing for a trophy. Like, forget about Bundesliga, too far out of it. Bayern's got a huge lead. Had great performances in the, you know, previous round. Just go all in on winning and, you know, lift a trophy and it'd be really historic. And again, they played really well uh, in the previous round. And um, it would be, again, talking about a narrative, like, to have a team like that. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be Leicester City level of, like, holy cow, mm -hmm. where they come from. But, like, that's a team they, were, for many, many years, were the second best Berlin side for decades. And for them to get a Europa championship, if, if they could, would be really special. No, yeah, for sure. You guys brought up a lot of good points there. And, and it, I mean, it's, it's you know, a new year of, of soccer and a new year with, you know, not necessarily World Cup doesn't mean there's lack of excitement for sure. Uh, but we've run out of time, guys. I know we could talk we could talk for hours with soccer with how many leagues there are, right? Uh, so hopefully we get to do this again sometime. I want to thank Jason and Muzz for joining me, guys. Really appreciate it. And I uh, hope you guys have a great new year. And uh, take care, everybody. All right. Thanks, Saul. See you. This was fun. Bye, guys.